0: Within the next 30 years, the number of people with dementia is set to triple, according to World Health Organization. About 50 million people have dementia worldwide, with nearly 66 living in low- and middle-income countries, and every year, there are nearly 10 million new cases. Although no treatment currently exists to cure dementia or to alter its progressive course, early diagnosis and optimizing physical health, cognition and well-being can improve the lives of people with this illness. Dementia incidence increased by 117% globally from 1,990 to 2,016 to Mark World Alzheimer's Month in September. Zecchio Healthcare has compiled recent research relating to Alzheimer's disease and dementia that can benefit clinicians and mental health professionals, caregivers, families. Older adults with incident cancer had higher memory function and slower memory decline before and after their diagnosis than similarly aged individuals who remained cancer-free. A study published in *German Network Open* showed exercise and healthy diet reduce dementia risk. Social contact during midlife appears to lower the dementia risk. Study findings published in PLOS Medicine showed that more frequent social contact with friends at age 60 years was linked to lower risk of developing dementia over a 28 year follow-up and a higher subsequent cognitive performance over a 15 year follow-up. A healthy lifestyle was associated with a lower risk for dementia, even among older adults with a high genetic risk. According to data simultaneously published in JAMA and presented at the Alzheimer's Association International Conference, research presented at the Alzheimer's Association International Conference revealed that frequent use of sleep medications may increase the long-term risk for dementia, especially among older white adults. Scientists are conducting studies to learn more about plaques, tangles, and other biological features of Alzheimer's disease. Advances in brain imaging techniques allow researchers to see the development and spread of abnormal amyloid and tau proteins in the living brain, as well as changes in brain structure and function. Scientists are also exploring the very earliest steps in the disease process by studying changes in the brain and body fluids that can be detected years before Alzheimer's symptoms appear. Findings from these studies will help in understanding the causes of Alzheimer's and make diagnosis easier. One of the great mysteries of Alzheimer's disease is why it largely strikes older adults. Research on normal brain aging is exploring this question. For example, scientists are learning how age-related changes in the brain may harm neurons and affect other types of brain cells to contribute to Alzheimer's damage. These age-related changes include atrophy shrinking of certain parts of the brain, inflammation, vascular damage, production of unstable molecules called free radicals, and mitochondrial dysfunction, a breakdown of energy production within a cell. Most people with Alzheimer's have the late-onset form of the disease, in which symptoms become apparent in their mid Researchers have not found a specific gene that directly causes late-onset Alzheimer's genetics. However, having one form of the apolipoprotein E, APOE, gene does increase a person's risk. This gene has several forms. One of them, APC, increases a person's risk of developing the disease and is also associated with an earlier age of disease onset. However, Carrying the IPC form of the gene does not mean that a person will definitely develop Alzheimer's disease, and some people with no IPC may also develop the disease. Also, scientists have identified a number of regions of interest in the genome, an organism's complete set of DNA, that may increase a person's risk for late onset Alzheimer's to varying degrees. Early-onset Alzheimer's disease occurs between a person's 30秒 and mid-60秒, and represents less than 10 percent of all people with Alzheimer's. Some cases are caused by an inherited change in one of three genes, resulting in a type known as early-onset familial Alzheimer's disease, or FAD. For others. Research suggests there may be a genetic component related to factors other than these three genes. Most people with Down syndrome develop Alzheimer's. This may be because people with Down syndrome have an extra copy of Chlomerosome IgE, which contains the gene that generates harmful amyloid. For more about Alzheimer's genetics research, Senior Alzheimer's Disease Genetics Fact Sheet Health, Environmental, and Lifestyle Factors Research suggests that a host of factors beyond genetics may play a role in the development and cause of Alzheimer's disease. There is a great deal of interest, for example, in the relationship between cognitive decline and vascular conditions such as heart disease, stroke, and high blood pressure, as well as metabolic conditions such as diabetes and obesity, ongoing research will help us understand whether and how reducing risk factors for these conditions may also reduce the risk of Alzheimer's. A nutritious diet, physical activity, social engagement and mentally stimulating pursuits have all been associated with helping people stay healthy as they age. These factors might also help reduce the risk of cognitive decline and Alzheimer's disease. Clinical trials are testing some of these possibilities. Doctors use several methods and tools to help determine whether a person who is having memory problems has possible Alzheimer's dementia. Dementia may be due to another cause, or probable Alzheimer's dementia, no other cause for dementia can be found. To diagnose Alzheimer's, doctors may ask the person and the family member or friend questions about overall health, use of prescription and over-the-counter medicines, diet, test medical problems, ability to carry out daily activities and changes in behavior and personality. Conduct tests of memory, problem-solving, attention, counting, and language. Carry out standard medical tests, such as blood and urine tests, to identify other possible causes of the problem. Perform brain scans, such as computer tomography (CT), magnetic resonance imaging, MRI, or positron emission tomography, PET, to rule out other possible causes for symptoms. These tests may be repeated to give doctors information about how the person's memory and other cognitive functions are changing over time. Alzheimer's disease can be definitely diagnosed only after death. By linking clinical measures with an examination of brain tissue in an autopsy, people with memory and thinking concerns should talk to their doctor to find out whether their symptoms are due to Alzheimer's or another cause, such as stroke, tumor, Parkinson's disease, sleep disturbances, side effects of medication, an infection, or an Alzheimer's dementia. Some of these conditions may be treatable and possibly reversible. If the diagnosis is Alzheimer's, beginning treatment early in the disease process may help preserve daily functioning for some time, even though the underlying disease process cannot be stopped or reversed. An early diagnosis also helps families plan for the future. They can take care of financial and legal matters address potential safety issues, learn about living arrangements, and develop support networks. In addition, an early diagnosis gives people greater opportunities to participate in clinical trials that are testing possible new treatments for Alzheimer's disease or other research studies. Participating in Clinical Trials Everybody those with Alzheimer's disease or MCI as well as healthy volunteers with or without a family history of Alzheimer's may be able to take part in clinical trials and studies. Participants in Alzheimer's clinical research help scientists learn how the brain changes in healthy aging and in Alzheimer's. Currently, At least 27,000 volunteers are needed to participate in about 200 active clinical trials and studies that are testing ways to understand, diagnose, treat, and prevent Alzheimer's disease. Volunteering for a clinical trial is one way to help in the fight against Alzheimer's disease. Studies need participants of different ages, sexes, races, and ethnicities to ensure that results are meaningful for many people. The National Institute on Aging, NIA, at the National Institutes of Health, NIH, leads the federal government research efforts on Alzheimer's. NIA supported Alzheimer's disease research centers throughout the United States conduct a wide range of research, including studies of the causes, diagnosis, and management of Alzheimer's. Near also sponsors the Alzheimer's Clinical Trials Consortium, which is designed to accelerate and expand studies and therapies in Alzheimer's and related dementias. The long duration of illness before death contributes significantly to the public health impact of Alzheimer's disease because much of that time is spent in a state of disability and dependence. Scientists have developed M methods to measure and compare the burden of different diseases on a population in a way that takes into account not only the number of people with a condition, but also the number of years of life lost due to that disease and the number of healthy years of life lost by virtue of being in a state of disability. The primary measure of disease burden is called disability-adjusted life years, delays which is, the sum of the number of years of life lost due to premature mortality (YLLs) and the number of years lived with disability (YLDs) total across all those with disease or injury. These measures indicate that Alzheimer's is a very burdensome disease, not only to the individuals with the disease, but also to their families and informal caregivers. And that the burden of Alzheimer's has increased more dramatically in the United States than the burden of other diseases in recent years. According to the most recent global burden of disease classification system, Alzheimer's disease rose from the 12th most burdensome disease or injury in the United States in 1992 to the 6th in 2016 in terms of dailies. In 2016, Alzheimer's disease was the 4th highest disease or injury in terms of YLLs and the 19th in terms of YLDs. Taken together, these statistics indicate that not only is Alzheimer's disease responsible for the deaths of more and more Americans, but also that the disease is contributing to more and more cases of poor health and disability in the United States. Proportion of C. caregivers of people with Alzheimer's or other dementias versus caregivers of other older people who provide help with specific activities of daily living, United States. In addition to assisting with ADLs, more caregivers of people with Alzheimer's or other dementias advocate for these individuals with community agencies and care providers Liu Shu percent and manage finances sixty-eight percent compared with caregivers of people without dementia 46% and 50%, respectively. More caregivers of people without Alzheimer's or other dementias are aimed for outside services 46%, and communicate with healthcare professionals eighty percent Compared with caregivers of people without dementia 27% and 59% respectively caregivers of people with dementia are more likely to coordinate health care for these individuals than caregivers of people without dementia 86% versus 72% one in five caregivers of people with Alzheimer's or other dementias percent report problems dealing with the bank or credit union when helping to manage the finances of people living with dementia, compared with 2% of caregivers of people without dementia. Caring for a person with dementia also means managing symptoms that caregivers of people with other diseases may not face, such as neuropsychiatric symptoms, for example, anxiety. Apathy and lack of inhibition and severe behavioral problems. Family caregivers of people with Alzheimer's or other dementias are more likely to family caregivers of people without dementia to help with emotion or mental health problems: 41% versus 16%, and behavioral issues: 15% versus 4%. When a person with Alzheimer's or another dementia moves to an assisted living residence or an nursing home, the help provided by his or her family caregiver usually changes from the comprehensive care to providing emotional support, interacting with facility staff and advocating for appropriate care. However, some family caregivers continue to help with bathing, dressing and other ADLs. of dementia caregivers have provided care and assistance for at least the past year, according to the National 2014 Alzheimer's Association Women and Alzheimer's Poll. According to another study, well over half 57% of family caregivers of people with Alzheimer's or other dementias in the community had provided care for four or more years. More than six in 67%, Alzheimer’s caregivers expect to continue having care responsibilities for the next two years compared with less than half of caregivers of people without dementia 62%. In 2018, the 16.2 million family and other unpaid caregivers of people with Alzheimer's or other dementias provided an estimated 18.5 billion hours of unpaid care. This number represents an average of 21.9 hours of care per caregiver per week or 1,139 hours of care per caregiver per year. 15 with this care valued at 12.64美元 per hour the estimated economic value of care provided by family and other unpaid caregivers of people with dementia across the United States was $233.9 billion in 2018, the total hours of unpaid care as well as the value of care provided by family and other unpaid caregivers for the United States and each state. Unpaid caregivers of people with Alzheimer's or other dementias provided care valued at more than 4 million billion in each of RCE states. Unpaid caregivers in each of the four most populous states California, Florida, New York and Texas provided care valued at more than 14 million billion. A longitudinal study of the monetary value of family care giving for people with dementia found that the overall value of daily family care increased 18 percent with each additional year of providing care, and that the value of this care increased as the people living with dementia's cognitive abilities declined. Additional research is needed to estimate the future value of family care for people with Alzheimer's disease and other dementias as the US population continues to age. Apart from its long duration, the immediate demands of caregiving are also time intensive. Caregivers of people with dementia report providing 27 hours more care per month on average 92 hours versus 65 hours than caregivers of people without dementia, with over half providing more than 21 hours of care per week. A 2017 national poll found that 42% of caregivers of people with dementia provided care for an average of 9 hours per day. An analysis of national caregiving trends from 1999 to 2015 found that the average hours of care per week increased from 45 in 1999 to 48 in 2015 for dementia caregivers. Over the same time period, weekly hours of care decreased for non-dementia caregivers from 34 to 24. Caring for a person with Alzheimer's or another dementia poses special challenges. For example, People in the middle to later stages of Alzheimer's experience losses in judgment, orientation, and the ability to understand and communicate effectively. Family caregivers must often help people with Alzheimer's manage these issues. The personality and behavior of a person with Alzheimer's are affected as well, and these changes are often among the most challenging for family caregivers. Individuals with Alzheimer's also require increasing levels of supervision and personal care as the disease progresses. As symptoms worsen, the care required of family members can result in increased emotional stress and depression, nor exacerbated health problems and depleted income and finances do impart to disruptions in employment and paying for health care or other services for themselves and people living with dementia. The intimacy, shared experiences and memories that are often part of the relationship between a caregiver and a person living with dementia may also be threatened due to the memory loss functional impairment and psychiatric behavioral disturbances that can accompany the progression of Alzheimer's. However, in a national poll, LL, 45% of respondents indicated that caring for someone with dementia was very rewarding. Although caregivers report positive feelings about caregiving, such as family togetherness and the satisfaction of helping others they also frequently report higher levels of stress. More dementia caregivers were classified as having a high level of burden than caregivers of people without dementia 46% versus 38%. Based on the 2015 National Alliance for Caregiving American Association of Retired Persons survey burden of care index which combined the number of hours of care and the number of ADL tasks performed by the caregiver into a single numerical score compared with caregivers of people without dementia twice as many caregivers of those with dementia indicates substantial emotional Financial and Physical Difficulties 59% of family caregivers of people with Alzheimer's or other dementias rated the emotional stress of caregiving as high or very high. Nearly half of dementia caregivers percent, indicate that providing help is highly stressful compared with 35% of caregivers of people without dementia. Proportion of caregivers of people with Alzheimer's or other dementias who report high to very high emotional and physical stress due to caregiving.Created from data from the Alzheimer's Association. Approximately 60 to 60 percent of family caregivers of people with dementia suffer from depression, compared with seventeen percent of non-caregivers of similar ages. A recent meta-analysis reported that caregivers of people with dementia were significantly more likely to experience depression and anxiety than non-caregivers. The prevalence of depression see above, is higher among dementia caregivers than other caregivers, such as those who provide help to individuals with schizophrenia 20%, or stroke percent Depression risk increases as cognitive impairment worsens in the person with dementia. In a meta-analysis, type of relationship was the strongest predictor of caregiver depression. Caregivers of spouses had two and a half times higher odds of having depression than caregivers of people who were not spouses. The prevalence of anxiety among dementia caregivers is 66% which is higher than among caregivers of people with stroke 31 percent For example, caregivers of individuals with Alzheimer's report more subjective cognitive problems, for example, problems with memory, and experience greater declines in cognition over time than non-caregivers match tonnage and other characteristics. Caring for people with dementia who have four or more behavioral and psychological symptoms, for example, aggression, self harm, and wandering, represents a tipping point for family caregivers, as they are more likely to report clinically meaningful depression and burden. Caregivers of people with Alzheimer's or other dementias were not twice as likely as caregivers of individuals without dementia RR percent compared with she percent. To report that completing medical-nursing related tasks, for example, injections, poop feedings and catheter-clostomy care, was difficult, more than half of caregivers were she percent of people with Alzheimer's or another dementia indicate having no experience performing medical nursing-related tasks, and they often lack the information or resources necessary to manage complex medication regimens. According to the 2014 Alzheimer's Association Poll of Caregivers, respondents often believed they had no choice in taking on the role of caregiver. The poll also found that more than half of women with children under age sheba felt that caregiving for someone with Alzheimer's was more challenging than caring for children 53 percent. Many caregivers of people with Alzheimer's or other dementias provide help alone. of dementia caregivers in the 2014 Alzheimer's Association poll reported that no one else provided unpaid assistance. A population-based sample of caregivers found that although dementia caregivers indicated greater strain than non-dementia caregivers, no substantial differences in strain between white and black African-American dementia caregivers were evident. Admitting a relative to a residential care facility has mixed effects on the emotional and psychological well-being of family caregivers. Some studies suggest that distress remains unchanged or even increases after a relative is admitted to a residential care facility, but other studies have found that distress declines following admission. The demands of caregiving may intensify as people with dementia approach the end of life. In the year before the death of the person living with dementia, 59% of caregivers felt they were on duty 24 hours a day, and many felt that caregiving during this time was extremely stressful. The same study found that 72% of family caregivers experienced relief when the person with alzheimers or another dementia died for some caregivers the demands of caregiving may cause declines in their own health evidence suggests that the stress of providing dementia care increases caregivers susceptibility to disease and health complications 38% of alzheimers and dementia caregivers indicate that the physical stress of caregiving is high to very high Building on this, a recent analysis found that 29% of caregivers of people with Alzheimer's or other dementias report that providing care results in high physical strain compared with 17% of caregivers of people without dementia. The distress associated with caring for a relative with Alzheimer's or another dementia has also been shown to negatively influence the quality of family caregiver's sleep. 74% of caregivers of people with Alzheimer's or other dementias reported that they were somewhat concerned to very concerned about maintaining their own health since becoming a caregiver. 42% of caregivers of people with Alzheimer's or another dementia report that their health is excellent or very good, which is, lower than caregivers of people without dementia 50%. In addition, 35% of caregivers of people with Alzheimer's or another dementia report that their health has gotten worse due to care responsibilities compared with 19% of caregivers of people without dementia. A 2017 poll reported that 27% of dementia caregivers delayed or did not do things they should for their own health. Dementia caregivers indicate a lower health rate quality of life than non-caregivers and are more likely than non-caregivers or other caregivers to report that their health is fair or poor. Data from the Health and Retirement Study showed that dementia caregivers who provided care to spouses were much more likely 60% increased odds then other spousal caregivers of similar age to become increasingly frail during the time between becoming a caregiver and their spouses death. Other studies, however, suggest that caregiving tasks have the positive effect of keeping older caregivers more physically active than non-caregivers. The chronic stress of caregiving may be associated with physiological changes that could increase the risk of developing chronic conditions. Several studies found that under certain circumstances some Alzheimer's caregivers were more likely to have elevated biomarkers of cardiovascular disease risk and impaired kidney function risk than those who were not carers. Caregivers of a spouse with Alzheimer's or another dementia are more likely than married non-caregivers to have physiological changes that may reflect declining physical health, including high levels of stress hormones, impaired immune function, slow wound healing, coronary heart disease, impaired function of the endothelium, the inner lining of blood vessels, and increased incidence of hypertension. However, reviews of studies examining the association between caregiving and biomarkers of stress and inflammation, cortisol, found few consistent results, suggesting the need for greater work in this area. The physical and emotional impact of dementia caregiving is estimated to have resulted in 11.8 million billion in health care costs in the United States in the estimated higher health care costs for caregivers of people with Alzheimer's or other dementias in each state. In separate studies, Hospitalization and emergency department visits were more likely for dementia caregivers who helped care for people who were depressed, had low functional status or had behavioral disturbances. Increased depressive symptoms among caregivers over time are also linked to more frequent doctor visits, a higher number of outpatient tests and procedures and greater use of over-the-counter and prescription medications. The health of a person with dementia may also affect the caregiver's risk of dying, although studies have reported mixed findings. In one study, Caregivers of spouses who were hospitalized and had dementia in their medical records were more likely to die in the following year than caregivers whose spouses were hospitalized but did not have dementia, after accounting for differences in caregiver age. Another study found that caregivers who perceive higher strain due to care responsibilities are at higher risk for death than caregivers who perceive little or no strain. Six-inch caregivers of people with Alzheimer's or another dementia were employed in the past year while providing care. These individuals worked an average of sexual hours per week while caregiving. Among people who were employed in the past year while providing care to someone with Alzheimer's or another dementia, 57% reported sometimes needing to go in late or leave early compared with 47% of non-dementia caregivers. 18% of dementia caregivers reduced their work hours due to care responsibilities, compared with 13 percent of non-dementia caregivers. Other work created changes among dementia and non-dementia caregivers who had been employed in the past year. Respond to the emotional content to recognize and to respect feelings, regardless of whether the individual with dementia is reacting to something serious or to reveal. Try stating something like, it sounds like you are upset that you will be late. Refocus attention. Rather than allowing your loved one to dwell on a subject that is difficult or painful, try to redirect the conversation. Carefully listen and follow the flow of the conversation. Try saying something like, Being time must be very important to you. You always were very considerate of other people like that. Was it important for you to be considerate of others growing up? Use positive physical approach, be seen as you approach from the front. Approaching from behind can produce anxiety for the individual with dementia. Determine the reason behind distress. Awareness of what causes distress can help remedy the issue and avoid it in the future. Show empathy, reacting negatively makes the situation worse. Persons with dementia may gradually lose their so-called internal critics that tell them what is appropriate. Some caregivers find their loved ones will use curse words or seek out alcohol more frequently as the disease progresses. Obscenities are typically taboo, but can sometimes be our most basic forms of expression. When a person with dementia is surprised or frustrated, words might spring to mind. Similarly, people with some forms of dementia may no longer recognize what is considered socially or sexually appropriate. For instance, a person with dementia may try to shoplift or undress when you have visitors. He-she may also try seeking intimacy more often, sometimes even with complete strangers. In later stages of dementia, many people behave in an agitated, aggressive manner. These behaviors commonly occur during shower and bathing, in response to overstimulation in the environment, physical discomfort, changes in routine, and frustration with not being able to communicate or accomplish a task. When this agitation happens repeatedly, medications, anxiolytics and antipsychotics, may be helpful. Learn more about medications to treat the symptoms of dementia. Ask your doctor. Cannabidiol, CBD, has demonstrated positive results as a treatment for dementia, as well as Parkinson's, a natural alternative to pharmaceuticals. CBD may reduce stress and anxiety while slowing the decline of memory and other brain functions. When your loved one doesn't act the way you want or are used to, it can be frustrating, upsetting, and confusing. Do not to blame or punish your loved one, as this will likely make the situation worse. Rather, take a few moments to understand where this behavior is coming from are use effective strategies to cope. Remember your loved one's self-control is compromised. Also remember that your behavior has profound impact. Check your body language, facial expression, tone of voice, and mannerisms. Make sure they are in line with the message you hope to communicate. Problematic behaviors may occur among people with dementia. These are normal. And simple strategies can help cope. Persons with dementia may refuse help or only accept help from a specific individual. Possible causes include mistrust and confusion. Suggestions Sometimes it is simply a matter of how the individual is approached. For instance, you might say that the regular caregiver is coming back as soon and you are helping out until the person returns. If worry over an upcoming event brings a lack of cooperation, it may help to forego advance warning of potentially upsetting events like a visit to the doctor. If the person with dementia is being uncooperative in order to gain a sense of independence or control, come up with the task. For example, how about you start combing your hair while I finish tying these shoes? Hoarding Some people with dementia hoard food or other items, creating their own private collection or supply. This is usually harmless, and makes the individual feel safe and in control. Individuals with dementia may hide things in places where they kept things earlier in life, such as underneath mattresses in dresser drawers, or inside jars. Rather than confronting and correcting your loved one, try adapting. Intervene only if the behavior is destructive or excessive. Check your loved one's usual hiding places, and check the trash or dirty laundry. Some caregivers find it helpful to keep closets and cabinets locked when they are not regularly in use. To limit the number of new hiding places. Repetition People with dementia may repetitively say or do something. They may repeat a word or question, or pace back and forth. This behavior could be due to anxiety or feeling frightened, and the repetition creates a sense of familiarity and security. It could also be a result of only remembering certain things or forgetting what was previously said. Allow you our loved one to participate in repetitive activities that seem to give comfort without causing harm. If they do cause harm, try redirecting your loved one's attention to a harmless or useful activity. Sleeplessness or sleep disturbances some people with dementia may have trouble sleeping, or they may sleep for long hours during the day and stay up all night. According to the Alzheimer's Association, individuals who are in late stage Alzheimer's are awake in their bed, on average, 60% of the night and then spend a large portion of the day asleep. This sleeplessness issue may be due to changes in the brain caused by dementia, as well as changes in behavior and routine. Use natural or artificial lighting to help cue your loved one when it is daytime and when it is nighttime, and therefore, time to sleep. It can be helpful to use curtains to block light and use a sound or white noise machine to block outdoor noise. You may also want to prevent your loved one from taking too many naps during the day, and have your loved one go to bed and get out of bed at the same times each day. Avoid giving your loved one caffeine, especially after lunchtime. Consider CBD which has been known to help with sleeplessness. Simple exercise or activity during the day also can contribute to better sleeping at night. Plan for a calmer, quieter, but structured amid late afternoon and evening, such as a peaceful walk. You may need to consult a physician for medication, although there may be unwanted side effects. Keep your loved one's safety in mind, in case he or she is weak while you sleep. Sundowning refers to an increase in confusion, agitation, disorientation and anxiety that begins around on dusk and continues into the night. According to the Alzheimer's Association, some studies show that up to 20 percent of individuals with Alzheimer's disease experience sundowning. These episodes may be due to tiredness at the end of the day and confusion due to problems with the biological clock, which is a bodily sense of the time of day. Close curtains before it gets dark outside, and turn on indoor lights. Handle abnormal behaviors and sleeplessness as described above. A strong emotional response to a minor problem is a common symptom of Alzheimer's disease. Catastrophic reactions can involve crying inconsolably, shouting, swearing, agitated pacing refusing to participate in an activity or striking out at another person. The usual triggers include fatigue, stress, discomfort and the failure to understand the situation. Essentially, a catastrophic reaction is the response of an overwhelmed, frightened person who feels cornered and is trying to protect himself or herself. The behavior is caused by brain dysfunction and is mostly beyond the person's control. Sometimes people with AD or other related dementias will swear or curse, using profane language. This holds true even if the individual never or rarely cursed before the disease, or only did so behind closed doors. It can be troubling and embarrassing when you hear your loved one start to curse more often. But there are some simple explanations, which mainly stem from a lack of impulse control. Remain calm and remind yourself that your loved one is not purposefully behaving this way. Redirecting the individual's attention, such as changing the conversation or turning on a liked television show, may distract from swearing. According to the Alzheimer's Association, 6 out of average people with dementia wonder. People with dementia may wonder due to boredom, to relieve anxiety, because they have thirst or hunger, or simply out of confusion. They may also feel a need to look for someone or something, or think they need to be somewhere. Keep an eye on your loved one and do not leave him she her unattended. Lock doors and invest in identification bracelets or tracking devices. If wandering is an issue, figure out the time of day your loved one is the most prone to wandering, and fill that time with an activity. Incontinence often becomes problematic in the later stages of a person's dementia. This might be the result of a decrease in bladder and bowel control. Wearing clothing that is difficult to take off, drinking too much coffee or tea, forgetting to use the bathroom, or simply not remembering where the bathroom is or how to use it. Move the bedroom closer to the bathroom, schedule regular bathroom breaks, have your loved one wear clothes that are easily removable, speak to your doctor about a medication, and use diapers and other aids. Aggressive behavior. A person with dementia may react verbally or physically aggressive. Examples include threatening another person, screaming, pinching, pulling hair, and biting. When inflicted with dementia, an individual may not know how to communicate what it is he or she needs and behaving aggressively might be his or her way to communicate what is needed in order to get it. The individual may be in pain. The upset, confused, anxious, or the aggressive behavior may be general defensive mechanisms. If you are upset by the behavior, avoid shouting and give yourself time to calm down before responding. Provide reassurance and acknowledge the way your loved one is feeling. Give your loved one a say in the situation. If you are in public, take your loved one to a quieter area. If the aggression was triggered by a task, break down tasks into smaller ones. Accusing A person with dementia may show verbal or physical aggression. Examples include threatening another person, screaming, pinching, pulling hair, and biting. When afflicted with dementia, an individual may not know how to communicate needs and therefore defaults to aggression out of frustration. The individual may be in pain, be upset, confused, anxious, or the aggressive behavior may be general defensive mechanisms. If you are upset by the behavior, avoid shouting and give yourself time to calm down before responding. Provide reassurance and acknowledge feelings. Give your loved one a say in the situation, If you are in public, move to a quieter area. If the aggression was triggered by a task, break it down into smaller specific actions. Other tips for handling behavioral challenges. These simple tips often work for a multitude of behavioral problems. Use a positive physical approach. Give brief and simple directions. Provide options that the individual with dementia choose. Ask simple, close ended questions. Ports or back-off when something isn't working. If inappropriate behavior presents problems or is disturbing, caregivers should be respectful but firm with loved ones. If they are unable to come or refocus on another activity or task, it may be best to exit the situation. Even though these kinds of situations may be embarrassing and frustrating for caregivers, they should not get angry with their loved ones, who may not understand what is wrong or inappropriate. Neuropsychiatric symptoms, NPS, aspects of NPS pathogenesis such as depression, apathy, aggression, and psychosis are now recognized as core features of Alzheimer's disease, a D, and there is a general consensus that greater symptom severity is predictive of faster cognitive decline, loss of independence, and even shorter survival. Whether these symptoms result from the same pathogenic processes responsible for cognitive decline or have unique etiologies dependent of radio-associated neurodegeneration is unclear. Many structural and metabolic features of the in are associated with individual or psychiatric symptoms or symptom clusters. In addition, many genes have been identified and confirmed that are associated with symptom risk in a few cases. However, there are no single genes strongly predictive of individual or psychiatric syndromes, while functional and structural brain changes unique to specific symptoms may reflect variability in progression of the same pathological processes. unfortunately. Treatment success for these psychiatric symptoms may be lower when comorbid with AD, underscoring the importance of future research on their paths of biology and treatment. Age is the strongest risk factor for Alzheimer's, although the condition is not a typical or normal aspect of aging. A family history of Alzheimer's and genetic susceptibility are important variables. Those who have a parent or sibling with Alzheimer's are more likely to develop it themselves. Other aspects of heredity include the role of genes such as apolipoprotein app, amyloid precarcer protein, APP, presenilin-FU-EPS-FU-E, and presenilin-FU-RPS-FU-R, mutations which can increase an individual's chance of developing Alzheimer's. These proteins can cause or exacerbate both structural and chemical problems in the brain, disconnecting areas of the brain that normally work together. In addition to age and family history, risk factors for AD may include long-standing high blood pressure, head trauma, and neuronal injury. Medical conditions such as heart disease, diabetes, stroke, high blood pressure, and high cholesterol can damage hardened blood vessels, which raises the risk. Because women usually live longer than men, they are more likely to develop Alzheimer's. A number of recent studies have reported that working mammary does not seem to show typical age-related deficits in healthy older adults when emotional information is involved differently. Studies about the short-term ability to encode and actively manipulate emotional information in dementia of Alzheimer's type are few and have yielded mixed results. Here, we review behavioral and neuroimaging evidence that points to a complex interaction between emotion modulation and working memory in Alzheimer's. In fact, depending on the function involved. Patients may or may not show an emotional benefit in their working memory performance. In addition, this benefit is not always clearly biased, nor negative or positive information. We interpret this complex pattern of results as a consequence of the interaction between multiple factors including the severity of Alzheimer's disease, the nature of affective stimuli, and the type of working memory task ask your doctor.